The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. Day seven, full team practice in St. Joseph, Missouri. It was the longest practice of Chiefs camp so far. Andy Reid speaking with the media right now. And we saw a couple of Chiefs return to the practice field on Sunday and just got some bad news from head coach Andy Reid on second year cornerback Nazi Johnson, who unfortunately tore his ACL yesterday in practice. He is going to be out for the entire season. Major bummer for a player who seemed to be ascending and kind of carving out a role for himself with this Kansas City Chiefs team. But I am not joined by Pete Sweeney today. I am joined by lead analyst for ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Cop Jr. Ron, you were uh, up there grinding today. Really long practice in St. Joseph, Missouri. There were like two or three separate times I thought practice was over. And then Andy got him back out there for a team period. Uh, you could tell the guys were were toast by the end of it. Like every starter was on their knee at the, on the sideline. Um, definitely a long practice, but Pete gave me the. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for Pete because uh, the long practice means lots of takes, Serta. So I got I got plenty of takes <laughs> for you. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that we're gonna get into today. Again, long practice, and I, I thought. We it seemed like we got some better looks at some guys that we haven't gotten to see uh, do a ton of work. And, you know, especially for defensive players, it's really hard until they get the pads on to really gauge anything from you're seeing from them on the field. So I think we got a good look at some of that stuff today. But as I already mentioned, uh, second year cornerback Nazi Johnson tore his ACL. He is out for the season. Um, Huge bummer for a a player from last year's draft class. uh, Another seventh round pick who Dave Tobe called the best gunner in the NFL or one of the best gunners in the NFL on special teams. He was a crucial special teams player for them last year, was going to be that this year, and also seemed to be carving out a role for himself in the secondary. So uh, just a, a huge bummer for a young player who seemed to be finding and hitting his stride with this team. Yeah, no, that, the the Nazi Johnson hype wasn't made up. Uh, you know, it's not some, uh, you know, it's not something that, that we're creating because he's gotten a few reps. It's, it's because the coaches have went out of their way um, to, to work him into the starting defense, this training camp. You know, as, as I've been up here uh, yesterday, actually, before the, the camp got shortened, too, I noticed that uh, as, as the team was kind of walking through their dime defense, you know, the starting defense, uh, it really is just the starters. And then maybe a, a guy or two that's working behind and just kind of watching and, and learning, right? One of those guys is Nazi Johnson. While the rest of the backups are working somewhere else, 
you know, the rookies, Chamari Connor somewhere else. Uh, Nazi Johnson was there working with the defense, you know, listening to Spags, kind of teaching what to do. That, to me, tells me that he was going to be a part of the starting defense, um, you know, maybe work into that rotation with Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. And, you know, maybe a practice like today might have shown you a little why. Someone like Joshua Williams had a rough uh, practice today uh, by my eye uh, at a seven-on-seven period. He kind of got picked on a couple times. And so, yeah, you might be you might be kind of seeing the volatility of the cornerback position, why it's so important to have so many of these guys. And Nazi was definitely someone they were excited about. So definitely sucks to see. I hate to hear the ACL. was hoping to hear something a little a little more minor or uh, less major than that. And we know the Chiefs are still deep in the cornerback room. And LeJerry Sneed returned to practice after being out yesterday. Drew Tranquil also back on the practice field for the Kansas City Chiefs. We did not have Mike Dana, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Jody Fortson, who Andy Reid also said his shoulder popped out. So I'm assuming that means uh, he's he might miss practice for a little bit while they deal with that. Uh, Chris Jones still not in attendance. He also mentioned linebacker Isaiah Moore is headed to IR. He's going to have to have surgery on a knee injury that's bothering him. And then no Kadarius Tony, no Tershawn Wharton. So the chief secondary that uh, I don't think we were expecting a lot out of Nazi Johnson, but coming into training camp, it seems like the Kansas City Chiefs were expecting a lot out of him. But they still have a lot of bodies in that cornerback room. I, I think they still feel good about that cornerback room. But sticking with the safety or with the secondary, Ron, I want to talk about Brian Cook because. He's a player and the secondary, when we focus on them, I feel like we spend so much time focusing on the, on the chiefs cornerbacks and deservedly so because they're a young, interesting, talented group, but Justin Reed has really been hyping himself up his second year in Spags defense. And then Brian cook is getting a ton of praise and he's running with the ones he's running opposite Justin Reed. And I don't feel like we're giving uh spending enough time talking about Brian cook. I'm really interested to see how he plays in his second year in this defense. Well, you called the right person today, sort of for some Brian cook hype, because <laughs> yes, I'm totally with you, man. I, I am. I'm excited for the ascension of Brian cook as a player. I think you saw last year some flashes of some really good on-field athletic ability, his range as a, as a safety, you know, how fast he can get one uh, to one place on the field. Obviously, he's kind of known as the hard hitter already. He's, he's had a few of those plays in, in his NFL career so far. But like you mentioned, man, Justin Reed, uh, veteran Mike Edwards, the offseason signing, who he's kind of competing with for a job. Um, you know, I know that Steve used plenty of three, uh, three safety sets, but it was, it was cool to see Mike Edwards, uh, you know, praise him. And, and, and he made the comment that Brian Cook doesn't feel like a guy that was just in his rookie season last year. He made that comment earlier this offseason, uh, Mike Edwards did, earlier this camp, I should say. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Brian Cook. I think the, the thing that stands out to him the most, this camp hasn't even been anything he's done on the field. It's been, you know, everyone's talked about how vocal he is as a leader. You know, Spags has mentioned it before, you know, he's – you know, if he's 100% wrong, he's going to make you think he's 100% right. That's the kind of vocal vocality you're going to get out of him. And, uh, and, you're, and you've heard it from all his, uh, his teammates in camp. But in terms of on the field, you know, I, I saw him make a few plays today in one-on-one. Uh, you know, safety's going against the tight ends. I'm definitely sticking on some guys. And then actually today, too, you kind of saw the toughness, the mentality you want from a safety. He actually got uh, either stepped up on or tripped up something. He was limping pretty good after a play towards the end of practice today. You know, it looked like a coach was maybe signaling to get him out and, and get someone else in, but Cook waved him off and went right into the huddle and played the next play. That's the kind of guy you're getting here. And and the thing with the safety position is that's the kind of guy you want, right? A safety is supposed to be tough. He's supposed to be a leader. You know, we're, we'll see how his on-field play, you know, if he's going to, you know, if he's going to look like Ed Reed out there. We don't know that for sure. But yeah. what we do know is that he's going to be a, a leader, even as a young player, and a guy that's going to play his butt off. And so I, I think those two things are going to make him easy to root for. 
and again, I think I, I think you, you can see it right now. He's pretty much solidified himself as the starter. Edwards has, has not worked in at all with the starters in, in his place, so it doesn't seem like there's much of competition there. Yeah, and that's what you want to see from uh, a second-year player that right. you're expecting a lot out of. So very excited for Brian Cook this season. I think he's got a chance to be a, a key, key part of that defense for the Chiefs. And sticking on that side of the ball, I want to talk to you about the Chiefs' pass rush. Um, obviously, Chris Jones still not there. Um, starting to get a little worried. No end in sight right now uh, as far as contract negotiations go. But he is going to play for the Chiefs this season. And hopefully they work that out at some point. But I want to talk to you uh, about the other guys, the, the guys that uh, – that you know are supposed to be complementary pieces to Chris Jones, but in camp they're they're getting much more valuable reps with Chris Jones out and you know Felix and DK Uzama, their rookie who has been getting worked in slow. He and it's important to remember with him specifically that during rookie minicamp he had thumb surgery, and so the Chiefs were working yes. him back in slow. And then defensive end George Karloftis, Charles Amenahu, their free agent signing. Like what did, what did you see from the group of? Uh, from that group of the Chiefs pass rushers on Sunday? Yeah, no, I, I want to start with Carl Loftus because I did highlight him after Saturday's practice as a guy that's having a solid camp. And, and I think for obvious reasons, he is kind of just the de facto leader of the group with Chris Jones not there. Um, he, he, you know, he's the first guy in every line for every drill. He's taken every first team rep there is to take. He has not been subbed out once, you know, for, for being a starter. And I actually did like what I saw from him yesterday in 1v1 uh, pass rush drills uh, going up against right tackle Juwan Taylor. You know, I think Karloftis, we saw towards the end of the year, uh, obviously having that stretch of, of, of play where he had the six and a half sacks over seven games or whatever it was. You kind of saw his technique, his, his ability as a pass rusher become more consistent, um, more clean. It just seemed like he, he was getting his, his, his technique down uh, quite a bit during the end of his rookie season. But what I'm kind of noticing uh, in his play during camp so far is he's starting to, to add a dip and a bend around the edge that, you know, I think a lot of people were question, uh, were critical, or I should say skeptical if he could add that to his game coming out of Purdue as a first round pick. He was kind of known as that, you know, maybe a power rusher only kind of guy. I think you're seeing him add, add a little bit of finesse to his game that's going to help him as the team does try to find the second best pass rusher besides Jones. But I, I do want to say, though, that that I, I noticed that, but then I come into practice today, and you mentioned Felix, our first-round pick. He, uh, I have not been able to see much of him throughout practice, but today I, I noticed him much more, and it was nice to get a good look of him. He was playing a lot with the second team today, and he kind of made me realize, okay, you know, this is why I was excited about Felix in the context of this room. You know, it, it, you watch Carl off this rush. He's, he's very clean. He, you know, he's very straight up, uh, you, know, but, uh, you know, very clean technique. Felix just has some moves to him, man, that, that I don't think Carl Loftus even has in his repertoire yet. He, he had a push and pull against Wanye Morris today. It looked really good going around the outside. It would have been maybe a sack if Wanye didn't pull him up a little bit. Could have been a holding call, too. And then he had another rep I saw uh, going against Prince Tega Winogo. Obviously, these aren't the starter off, starting offensive tackles, but I think Felix has had a quiet start to camp. But I, I think today he showed why he's a first-round pick, why this team could use him. Um, as a pass rusher right away, even if he's not playing a ton of snaps, maybe he's still on pass rush downs right away because he has these moves to to him and he has this pass rush ability to him that that maybe Karloftis does not naturally. So those two, I, I was excited to see, uh, you know, things for them both both uh, in days this weekend. And then Charles O'Many, who, you know, he's he, he's he's got some work to do as an edge rusher, man. He, his 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 bread is butter as an inside rusher as a defensive tackle on third downs. 
it is not as a as a true edge rusher off the edge. And 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 you're kind of seeing that. I think he's getting caught up a lot with with Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, two veterans that that have handled him pretty well. Um, and so I think you're going to see his best moves come from the inside, which you know that is something that that we need to see. Uh, you know, we need to see if Jones isn't going to show up. You know, someone attack from the inside. And so many who's definitely that guy. But definitely a lot to be uh, desired with his edge rushing skills. I think that was kind of something we already knew coming into camp, but has been confirmed uh, this weekend to me. Yeah, and on Amenahu, like we saw last year with, San- with the San Francisco 49ers, like he is better coming from the inside and being that guy that can kind of yes. move around the defensive line. And so the Chiefs have been pretty upfront that that's how they expect to use him. But if they get a lot out of George, if they get a lot out of Felix this season, and then you get Chris Jones in the building at some point, which will happen eventually, then you're feeling pretty good uh, about the Chiefs' pass rush. And Felix, again, I think him starting so slow in camp, one, it's because the camp has just been really long. And it's a really long Chiefs camp. It started early because they opened the NFL season. He had the offseason thumb surgery after the Chiefs drafted him, and they were working him back in slow. So I think... A little bit of the panic, like, oh, all these guys are making plays up at training camp. We haven't heard a peep out of Felix. Like, I don't think any of that was warranted. So I I think moving forward today was the longest practice again. And moving forward, we're going to see them get a lot more work. And I think we're going to see a lot more from him. So uh, don't uh, don't chalk him up as a bust just yet. He's got a long way to go to make an impact for this defense. And You mentioned Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, and this is something I kind of been talking to Pete about, but it's something that's kind of hard to gauge until they get the pads on and and they're out there with these long practices and they're hitting and they're getting angry and aggressive. Like, will you just give us an update on the offensive line and specifically how the Chiefs' new tackles have worked? Man, I I feel good. I I, I really like what I've seen from the offensive tackles so far in camp, these two padded practices. You know, Jawan Taylor, I mean, you're seeing – you're seeing the quickness uh, in his footwork uh, that, that really just makes it – he just looks so calm and easy uh, dropping back in his pass set and swallowing up these attempts from Karloftis and Omenihu to, to convert their speed rush to a power and kind of go through him. He just swallows them up. And, 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 he, and he's, too, he's too quick for them to get around the edge to the outside too. I, I think Taylor has really impressed as a pass protector specifically. But Donovan Smith has two to me to an extent now. Uh, Felix actually got him today in 1v1s uh, with a pretty nice little inside move, set him up outside, and then came back in and did get into the pocket 1v1s. Again, 1v1s are, are, are always going to be set up for the defensive line to win a little more. But the thing with Donovan Smith that I noticed today and, and was actually like a, a, a very emphasized point in the Chiefs' offensive work today, they were running a lot of outside toss plays, you know, getting the running back out into space towards the sideline. And that meant Jonathan Smith and Jawan Taylor are both kind of getting out in space and, and leading the way. And, and that's the thing is, is Orlando Brown Jr., as much as, as, as he's had those kind of plays, right, where we've seen him bulldoze guys down the field, he, he doesn't have that foot quickness to consistently trust him out in space. You know, he's going to get beat to the spots a lot of times if he's not fresh, you know, if it's a little later in the game. I think you don't have that as much with Jawan Taylor and, and Donovan Smith too. I know Donovan Smith's an older guy, a guy that I think a lot of people look at as a, a veteran, maybe, uh, you know, older in his, in his career. He moves well when he's healthy, man. He had some injuries last year that, that maybe slowed him down, but he was moving very well today. But again, back to Taylor, he also had a, a play where he buried Leo Chanel out in space on a toss play in the red zone. Um, you're, I like, I'm liking what I'm seeing from, from both uh, offensive tackle in their movement skills, both in pass protection and the run blocking. 
I think I think pass protection it, that might be one thing that they missed with Orlando Brown Jr. last year is, is having that quick footed you know uh, that, that's going to swallow up the speed rush right that that's going to that's going to consistently you know uh, uh, negate the speed rush from getting around the edge. I think Taylor uh, has that skill to him on the right side. Uh, Smith I think will is going to be a little more susceptible, but I, I still think I like it what I'm seeing in terms of his movement skills compared to Orlando Brown. And a couple other offensive players who, uh, one, Justin Ross uh, manages to keep going viral from the Chiefs social media team, but continues to look impressive in training camp and make plays. And another is rookie undrafted running back, Daneric Prince, who, uh, according to virtually everyone who's on the field at training camp practice in St. Joseph, <laughs> Missouri, he does not ever drop a pass. He's already the Chiefs starting kick returner. He is already set in stone on this roster just did, did uh, what do you see from those two specific players today on the practice field? Yeah. You know, Justin Ross is someone that I, I really needed him to show me and prove it to me. And, and, you know, so far in camp, you know, he's, he's proven what, what I think a lot of people thought he was. And, and what I thought he was is, is, is a good outside receiver. You know, he's going to go up and get it on the perimeter. He's got the speed and, and the ability at his size to, to be a pretty good route runner. Um, so I don't think he's he's proven any more than we kind of already thought he could be if he was healthy. And so it's been good to see Justin Ross just be healthy, be that player that a lot of people thought he could be. You know, I'm excited to see him in a game and see if he could really, you know, turn it up in that way. But Daenerys Prince, man, yeah, it, it, you know, he's, he's you know, in terms of fan, the fantasy football world, you know, there's no more sleepers anymore. And, and he's he would have been a perfect one if there were because, you know, his pass, his ability in the pass game has just continued to be crazily impressive. I mean, he had one today in the red zone. Um, I, I think Gabbert was the one who put it up to him, kind of a back shoulder throw. It's, it's, it's a catch you'd see a receiver make, and you'd never even guess a rookie running back. Uh, you'd, you'd never expect them to make. And he turns around and makes it, you know, with a guy on him uh, pretty close. So I, I think Daneric Prince, the reason he is so exciting is because for his size, he's a guy that's got some pretty good size, some build to him that's going to be harder to tackle. But he's really good as a, as a pass catcher too. And, and obviously in the Chiefs offense, that's going to be important. So yeah, Daneric Prince, living up to every kind of hype he could right now. I, I, there's not really – he can't be overstated with, with the impact <laughs> he's had on the, on the offense right now. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of optimism around Daenerys Prince, and he's carving out a role for himself, and everyone has just raved about his performance so far in training camp. So we're talking about back-to-back -back years here where the Chiefs get a starting running back in Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, undrafted free agent in Daenerys Prince, and – you know, Pacheco's still working his way back from the offseason surgeries. He's getting worked in slowly, but Chiefs seem very optimistic he's going to be ready to go by week one. And I think it's safe to say that Daenerys Prince have, has carved himself out uh, a role on this roster in some capacity. But before we get out of here, Ron, any other standouts, observations, anything you want to mention from Sunday's practice? I do want to give out two more names for you guys. Uh, you know, first on offense, I think tight end Matt Bushman is going to push this tight end room to the limit in terms of a Jody Fortson. Is he, is he actually a lock for this roster? I know his shoulder popped out and so he's not on the field right now, but Matt Bushman, man, has continued to make plays. Matt Nagy made a comment recently that he doesn't drop anything. And I've been out here for three days and he has yet to prove me wrong on that. I saw him make a very impressive reaching grab kind of almost with one hand over the middle today and one B ones. Um, so Bushman, I think you guys got to watch, uh, keep an eye on him. He he may he may see uh, unseat Jody Fortson for that third tight end, that kind of playmaker in the tight end room. He's not the biggest guy, so he's not going to be a blocker. So I don't think he's necessarily taking Blake Bell's role or anything. 
But man, as as a catcher, as a receiver, Jody Fortin's had an inconsistent camp even before he got hurt. So shout out Matt Bushman. I think he's really pushing the limit there. And then I, I do want to shout out Malik Herring as well. We talked about the pass rush. I didn't I didn't get to mention him, but he just looks like he belongs. I think Malik Herring is going to have a spot on this team, and, and it's going to be a reason why they don't bring in a Carlos Dunlap uh, that Pete has kind of speculated uh, recently with his roster projection. I think Malik Herring has been such a solid player, a guy they play inside out, gave them some sn- solid snaps last year as well for the 53-man roster. Watch for Malik Herring. I think he's going to kind of round out the defensive line room, and I think you're going to feel good about it. He has some, some upside to him as a young player. I think it's his third year with the Chiefs now. I think he's a guy that's going to make the, the team feel good about not adding to the, this defensive line before the season starts. He's Ron Cop. You can follow him on Twitter at Ron underscore Cop, lead analyst for ArrowheadPride.com. Make sure you're checking out all of our training camp coverage over at the website. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Chiefs are back on the practice field on Monday before having an off day on Tuesday. We will talk to you guys then. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. Very long practice for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday in St. Joseph, Missouri. After a hot day, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, tackle Donovan Smith, wide receiver Justin Watson, and cornerback Joshua Williams. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. Really the same people that were injured. Uh, Clyde was sick, so we kept him out. Um, Nazi tore his ACL, which you know. Um, Dana calf, Fortson shoulder, um, Isaiah Moore, knee, he's going to have knee surgery. Um, and then uh, KT is making progress. And that's really it. Nothing happened today. Um, so uh, good work today. It's our longest practice. So today was a two-hour 25 practice. Um, guys pounded through it. They did a nice job of competing, finishing strong, uh, back and forth, which is good, offense, defense. Special teams got good work in today. So, well, that time's yours. Just checking, you put uh, Moore and uh, Nazi Johnson on IR, is that right? Yeah, I believe uh, Veach will have to. So we've asked you about Prince a little bit before, but he's been your, basically your first string guy since you've been in pads. Have you learned anything about him, or have you had some things maybe you thought about him, had him uh, go? Well, Prince running back, he, uh, he's working in there. He's doing some good things. We, we want to try to give him as many reps as we can for protection purposes. So he just gets looks at everything as he goes. And um, he's doing a nice job. You know, he's, he's working hard and doing a nice job without 2-5 here today. Uh, and yesterday, he got, he got some good work. 
too early to say maybe he's already earned some type of role, whatever that might no, be. We'll see. We'll see. We're two weeks away from the first preseason game. And this is kind of the meat of uh, the camp here. So we go six, seven different uh, two-hour 25 practices. So these guys got to you know push through that. Coach, uh, Jody looked to be in a great deal of pain. Are you feeling okay about where he's at, um, Jody Fortson? Yeah. Uh, Jody, uh, they were able to, his shoulder popped out. They were able to get back in. Now it's just a matter of time to let that thing relax. He's still working out and all, but just uh, favoring that shoulder, obviously. And what's the impact of Nazi not being there for you guys anymore? Yeah, Nazi was playing good football. Now we've got, you know, we've got some other guys that, that can play there, but he's a good special teams player and he's a, he's a good corner. I mean, he's really developed over the years. So, you know, it's too bad that it happened. He's got a good attitude about it and he'll get back when he can get back, you know. <laughs> Andy, you know, like you said, you're in for the meat of this now. It seems like there's might be a little bit more chippiness from the guys this camp. Uh, do you like that? Have you sort of noticed that? Is this the time where you want to see guys? Well, we got new more? guys, so we got new guys, and everybody's competing. And uh, I'm okay with chippy. That's all right. You know, you got to have an edge, and uh, and then you got to maintain that. So it's it's well and good when it's one practice one and two, but you got to keep you know you got to keep challenging each other as it goes through. Do you, think, do you think Travis even needed to say anything publicly yesterday? Well, he's one, you know he's one of our team leaders, so um, he felt it, and so he did. Yeah, that's all right. I'm just glad it, you know that old that he's got some juice left in him. <laughs> <laughs> did, you have any, did you have a message for him after yesterday's? No, uh, he he grabbed me and, and said it to me. So yeah, you know he gets it. He understands. Coach, we'll get Justin. Justin Watson in a few minutes here. Just what has he meant since you brought him from free agency last year? How has that just reported with that? Yeah, um, he, he's 100 miles an hour every snap. I mean, he's going to give you a legitimate look every snap. And then he's very detailed. He's obviously very smart. And, um, and, and then you add in the big target and the speed, you know, you, you can work with that. So he didn't get a lot of credit, especially with the young guys that we have that are jumping in. They get most of the write-ups. But this kid, is a, he's a talented player for us, yeah. Very important player for us. Coach, we usually ask you about like red zone activities from an offensive perspective, but Spags said that's one of the key areas because he thinks they get better this year. How do you plan it from a practice field as far as making sure that the red zone work you do benefits the defense and gets them what they need? Yeah, so we, uh, uh, well, Nags offensively, is that what you're asking? Well, how Spags? Yeah, so Spags, Spags plays his coverages, works his coverages. We don't game plan against that. That's not what the offense does. Um, they're not game planning, you know, against the offense uh, from a defensive standpoint. But just trying to get the base stuff in. And the one thing I'll tell you about it is the windows when they're playing zone are tighter, really all over the field. And that's because the guys have a better feel. So they, they're able to tighten down those those triangles there that they play. So. Andy, with, um, <laughs> with you going into your 25th season as a head coach, you've obviously seen how the league changes in terms of position value, the way markets sort of go. With the running back position where it is right now, just what are your overall thoughts on it? And, and do you think there are possible solutions for running backs maybe getting more money based on obviously their production and their value to the team? Yeah, I think it's secular. I just think it it goes. Running backs when I got in the league were, you know, we're making good money, and all of a sudden the pass game came up, and it's working through the colleges and high schools, and and so everybody wants to play wide receiver now that teams are throwing the ball. So. Uh, devalues that position just a bit, um, but it'll come around. I mean, it'll, it'll work its way back around. Last two, right here, Harold. 
hand-to-ear observations on Donovan and Juwan, just at the tackles, how they've progressed, how you've seen yeah. the past for three days? Yeah, I like, the, I like their effort. You know, I, um, you're never sure exactly what you're going to get there, but they're competing, and, uh, and that's important. I mean, that's an important part of this, that you're able to push through these practices, run and pass, and I, I like the way they work their game. Coach Heck is, uh, uh, likes them. Uh, the way they're working, and he's got them in the individual and everything else there. So, Carol right. beat me to it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Thanks, coach. Good morning. I was just checking to see what time it was. How are you enjoying the competition so far with the defensive line? Just getting yourself adjusted to here. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, it's definitely an adjustment here. Uh, we definitely work our tails off here. But, um, you know, it's great. Um, anytime you're going against a good defensive line like that, you know, you're just able to hone in on your skills and get better each day, uh, make the man across from you better and you get better. So we just strive for perfection each day and, you know, just go with it. What's the biggest adjustment that you've had to make? A lot of plays. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we get after we run a lot of plays. But, uh, you know, just more so just the, the verbiage and everything and just operation. Um, you know, you in one place for eight years and everything like that, you know, there's a bit of a change. But, you know, that's why we uh, able to be out here and where we are. You know, we adjust, we adapt, and, you know, keep rolling. So uh, I would just say, you know, just the amount of reps that we get. So, Does your job change, though, based on which quarterback is back there? Uh, no, not much. I mean, you still got to protect the spot. Uh, typically what we taught, you give them 10, 11 yards, you know, 12 yards, you should be good. So. You know, if you strive for that uh, each and every set, you'll be good. Obviously, you have a couple of adjustments with guys who want to go inside and whatnot that, you know, it'll change. But for the most part, it doesn't matter who you put back there. We still got to go out there and do our job. Has the the change in team affected your approach? I mean, do you bring a a new sense of enthusiasm to this now? I mean, I'm a kind of guy, put my head down and work. Um, I'm not a very vocal guy out there. Obviously, I will talk to my guys, you know, on the side and stuff like that, but I'm not a rah-rah kind of guy. You know, I get myself juiced up, get going. But uh, for the most part, yeah, you know, you just got to get out there, find that deep deep down in and, and, and let it out. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're all men here to do a job and, and get it done. So whatever we got to do to make sure that we succeed, that's what's going to happen. Learned about Joe Tooney since coming to the Chiefs. Oh, he's great. Um, you know, he's very vocal. He's a great player. Um, you know, he's magnificent in the pass game and, and, and everything, and then in the run game as well. So, uh, you know, anytime you, you play with a guard like that, you know, you you got to make sure that everything clean and, and, and good to go. So it's a blessing to be able to have him next to me. Being with Sadarn for the first time, what's Andy like in the team meetings? Um. How many have we had? <laughs> a couple of team meetings. He's cool. Uh, you know, he's he's attention to detail kind of guy. You know, um, old school with a lot of things. Make sure we hold each other accountable and all of that good stuff. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, you know, um, we haven't had many team meetings. Andy, old school and sort of making sure you hold each other accountable. What's an example that um, has really resonated with you so far into camp? Oh, man, just the way that we approach practice um, and, and a lot of things. Uh, just when you're touching the field, you know, just making sure that, you know, you look the part, you know, just attention to details and just uniform, you know, out in practice. Those small things, you know, go a long way uh, because obviously, you know, the more that you pay attention to the details, the other things make it easier. So, you know, as soon as you lock in on all of those things and, you know, you key in on all of those things, it makes your job easier. To, you don't got to worry about that stuff. You said it's even down to uniform. Is that right? <laughs> 
Yeah, we got to look the part. You don't like any, you know, we got to look like we're professionals, you feel me? We got to go out there and make sure we matching. Um, jerseys and everything is fit right. You know, obviously you don't want to have anything, you know, flying around anywhere, but, you know, that's league policy. So, you know, we're enforcing them to make sure we do it here, same way that we do it on the uh, field on game day. So. I was about to say, y'all one of those O-lines that say no sleeves, no extra nothing? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to wear my sleeves. Uh, yeah, I went one year without sleeves, and then I just, it's just me. I feel like it's a lot better for me. It keeps me cooler. Um, and, yeah, I got to hide my, my small arms. What's the biggest strength of the offensive line right now, in your opinion? And then maybe something y'all feel like y'all still need to Yes. Oh, man, just uh, the experience of where we're at. Uh, all of us, we played a lot of football. Um, and a lot of big games, tough games. Uh, we're all smart mentally, physically. Uh, it's just more so we tying in each and every individual aspect of who we are and how we play and tying it together and figuring out what works, what meshes. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just the many things that we bring uh, to the table, you know, per guy, I would say is our strength. Um, you know, to be able to run the ball, pass the ball, that's big. We got big, athletic, you know, mobile guys, which, you know, will go a long way. And win the respect of your teammates, despite the fact you've had such a great career? Oh, man, I just, I go and I be me. Um, you know, I don't try to reach out, do too much. You know, obviously we gravitate to, you know, who, who you are and, you know, other players like that. But uh, I just try to be myself no matter where I'm at. So I feel like I've made a good, you know, niche coming in here so far. Um, meeting with the guys, you know, chit-chatting with them and everything, joking around, obviously, but still, you know, talking ball and getting into it. So, you know, but that's just that's just how I go in the locker rooms, you know. Hey, Don, Donovan, yesterday in George, I noticed Kelsey came over and ran through some drills with the O-line. Have you ever had tight end do that before? And what kind of message was that Uh, Yeah, um, I went from one Hall of Fame tight end to another Hall of Fame tight end. So Gronk used to come over and, and do O-line drills. But it just shows you that, you know, as a tight end, you know, a lot of guys, you want to be finesse and, you know, you want to just be a receiver or anything like that. But to be able to have a guy who's 10, 11, 12 years in, coming over with the O-line to do drills, it just shows that it's more to it that you can do to get better and, you know, be the greatest that you can be. So, you know, to be able to have them come over there is cool. Uh, it gives us another break, <laughs> extra body. So, uh, you know, that's good. But, uh, you know, it just shows the work ethic and everything that needs to go into to be the best. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate y'all. What, what was it like during your free agency period? And did you always know you were going to sign back? Uh, you know, secretly, I always knew that I was coming back here. You know, we were going back and forth on the numbers. But, uh, you know, that's why I say, when you get into year six and you've played in big-time football games and, uh, you know, once you experience Arrowhead and, and Chiefs Kingdom, uh, you want to be a part of it. So I was so glad that it all worked out, uh, came back here and get to do it all again this year. How many other teams were interested in the Yeah, uh, there was a – it kicked kind of down the end. There was probably six or seven teams that were making real offers. And uh, – you know, telling my agent it was always, well, let's go back to the Chiefs. Let's go back to the Chiefs um, because this is where I really wanted to be the whole time. How much does maybe the rapport that you built with Patrick Mahomes last year have to do with that feeling? Oh, and yeah, he's, you know, when you play with the best quarterback in the NFL in the whole world, uh, you want to be a part of that. It's special. And uh, know him as a, as a person, as a friend, and also as a teammate. Uh, just there's all kinds of guys in this locker room that you, you want to be around, and Patrick's definitely one of them. What's, what's the next step for you in the evolution of your game? Yeah, you know, I think last year when I came here, it was getting a feel, trying to find a rapport with Patrick. And, and this year, really, the expectation is perfection. You know, you're chasing that next level of, of being perfect, being great on every single play. 
And so it's cool seeing that we can pick up where we ended last year and just build on, on that this year. What's the experience about the competition at camp so far, first few days with pads? How's it going back and forth the second day? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we come out here and we compete like heck and we're, we're battling each other. And then as soon as practice is over, it's all handshaking and we're laughing up in the locker room. So that's what's what's cool about a football team is you come out here and you beat the heck out of each other, and then uh, you have so much respect for the guy across you when you come back in the locker room. You know, you're even closer than you were when you came out here. What's the biggest difference, in your opinion, between the wide receiver group last year and the one that's coming in this year? Yeah, you know, I think there's been a lot of change in this receiver room over the last two seasons. And uh, last year, I was a new guy. And even just being here for one season, kind of this year, it's like you're the seasoned vet. You know, my MVS, myself, are kind of the only two vets that we've had play in this system. And so uh, it's just becoming a leader this year. And uh, we have a bunch of young guys that are just chomping at the bit and really pushing everybody. So it's been a good mix of older guys and young guys so far in camp. Are there things about Blaine Gabbert that stood out to you from your time uh, as teammates in Tampa? Uh, Blaine's one of my closest friends. We were working out all offseason together while we were still free agents. And so whenever I signed, you know, I put the full court press on him, wanting to get him up here because he's such a tremendous talent. And to get him in this quarterback system and and working with Pat and seeing how those two talk about the game you know I think Blaine's gonna have a lot of success in the preseason and whatever capacity he has to throw the ball here. Justin, it's nice like Juju and, and McCole moving on it just creates more opportunity how are you viewing that for yourself maybe some of the goals that you have for 2023? Yeah you know I think goals are great uh, what's more important is coming out here working your butt off every day trying to win every single rep trying to catch every single pass so you know I've always been a believer that if you take care of the day-to-day the goals will, will take care of themselves. Justin, just with Sky Moore, just wondering if you can notice a discernible difference between last year and this year with the men wearing Yeah, style. Sky's taken a huge step. It's been really cool to see him build on that confidence that we saw at the end of last season. And so I think you just see a guy that starting to understand defenses, really has a good feel for our concepts, and same thing, has a great relationship with Pat. So he had an unbelievable spring, and I think he's done the same thing, taken off so far in camp. Just give us a sense as a wide receiver, just how much does change and maybe your production on the field when you do understand those things you're just talking about. Yeah, you know, I think the, your biggest asset as a receiver is when you can play fast. And when you're a rookie and you're seeing new coverages and you're running new plays and you're thinking a little bit, you just play a little bit slower whether you want to or not. So I think you're just seeing a different level of speed that Sky's playing with this year because he's processing everything so much faster. Hey, yes. Thanks, Justin. All right, thanks so much. I would just say um, people are competing, you know, y'all feel the heat out here. Uh, everybody still loves each other at the end of the day. I wouldn't say it's more chippy or anything. It's just, you know, uh, guys are competing, competing hard. Um, you know, whatever you guys see out here, that's the worst of it. We go in the locker room and we're <laughs> hugging and laughing. So, you know, we're all good at the end of the day. Joshua, you got the you got the key to the city in your hometown. Just what was that feeling like, and what was your whole offseason like? Oh man, that was a blessing. Um, especially coming from a city like Fayetteville, you know, everybody is so just happy for me. Um, they feel like you know they want to ring, like they won the championship, as they should because they were supporting me all the way. Uh, so many Chiefs fans back there now, and um, I love my city more than they'll ever know. Like uh, all the just good things they've done for me representing, um, it's just a blessing to be from where I am from. What would like to see Nazi go down? Your thoughts on him going down? Oh, yeah, man. Nazi, um, he's been such a just great guy in the locker room. Like, he's been doing this thing on the field, especially like this camp.
So seeing something like that happen to somebody I'm so close with, um, I speak to him. He's easily one of the you know closest guys to me in the locker room. Um, it hurt to see that. And um, it, yeah, I used it as motivation. I spoke to him uh, when it happened later, and I spoke to him this morning. And, um, you know, he's just telling me, you know, use him as, a, as inspiration. And that's what I try to do, go out there and remember, like, okay, he's, he was giving it his all. He didn't get the, you know, the result he wanted. You know, nobody wants to go down. So he's saying, you know, you go out there, give it your all, and I'm definitely doing that. Yeah, what does this team do to pick up for that loss? Um, you know, we have a lot of guys, a lot of great players. Um, he, he was a great player on, on defense this camp. Uh, but even last year, he was doing so many things on special teams that hurts. But we have a lot of talented guys. I would say Coach Reed and um, all the coaches really just do a great job in making sure the, the next person is ready and prepared. So um, hopefully, you know, I, I don't expect to see any hitch in production. I think the next guy will jump up there and do his thing and, and take his role. But, um, you know, it's definitely going to hurt. You guys, the wide receivers, especially some of the new guys. How's that going? What have you seen from them that's kind of impressed you and made you be better too? Right. Um, I think all of the receivers, like as a whole, they're a great group. There's a lot of talented guys, um, a lot of slept-on dudes, and you can see it. You know, in, in our seven-on-sevens, one-on-ones, they're skillful. Like everybody has their own little, you know, craft. Everybody has their own gift that they're good at, and they're working. You know what I'm saying? They're making us better. We're making them better, and I'm really excited to see what they can do this season. What are some points that you worked on that you wanted to be better at coming into this specific camp? Definitely the little things. Uh, of course, you know, you can always work on the playbook, and that's what I did. Um, that's what I'm still doing. Um, but, you know, just technique things, things that uh, might have got me in trouble last year, uh, little penalties, stuff like that. Um, that was a big emphasis. And, and just working on my game as a whole, being prepared uh, and knowing how to attack this second year. Why do you think it's so hard for teams to repeat as champions? It's been a very long time since somebody did it. Why do you think it's so hard to, to win two in a row? I would say, uh, you know, especially Coach Reed always saying edge, edge, edge as, as, as one of our mottos. Probably that, you know, keeping that edge, not feeling complacent. And, um, you know, being here, you guys see how we practice. You see how hard we go every day. I don't think anybody on that field is complacent. I think everybody's going 100%. And, um, you know, if you can't see that, you, you're not watching the practices. What made you change your number? Uh, you know what? I wore two in, in college. Um, you know, they came to me asking if I wanted to do that. Uh, you know, Drew wore 23 in college, too, so it was kind of a mutual thing. I was like, you know, yeah, why not? You know, go back to my old number. I think everybody would want to play in their college number. Josh, you've been doing a couple breaks in the locker room there. I saw the snake thing. What's, what's going on there with that? Nah, that was, uh, well, they, they had the little cooler in there with the snake thing, man. And um, really, all I was doing was recording it. That was a... Uh, the crazy thing is they got me the first time. They had one of the little kids in there, um, and, and he was asking me if I had one of the ice cream bars. I was like, oh, man, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Little kid offering uh, ice cream bars in the, in the locker room. I go up to him, man, and he just sweet as can be, man. He, you know, walk up. He opened it up, man. I jumped up. Like, it was like three of us, man. We ran out the locker room running. So I'm just glad nobody caught me. <laughs> Josh, where do you notice that stuff you mentioned you work on the offseason? Where do you notice that out here on the Definitely um, just press. We, we do a lot of press, um, working on that press technique. Uh, Coach Man, Coach Spags, even with them, like now, uh, we're still, you know, just honing and trying to perfect little techniques, um, things to expect at the line of scrimmage. So that was an emphasis in the offseason. It's still an emphasis now, and um, that's where we're working it. Do you have any, any expectations for the season? Uh, for myself, I definitely just want to be – I want to use every ounce of potential I have. I know how good I can be. Um, 
for the team, I mean, you know, you know, we want to win this, this uh, championship again. So that's definitely um, part of our expectations, and um, you know, that's what we're striving for. Questions, Josh. Did you gain weight this year? And what are your first impressions of Rashid Rice? Uh, weight-wise, um, you know, the list of weight is always a little tricky, uh, especially at the end of camp. You know, yeah, uh, you lose weight, but then I ended up, you know, gaining uh, a good amount more than what was listed. But it, it was in shape weight, and I'm probably about the same as, as whatever that weight was last year. And uh, Rashid is going to be a great player. Um, you see, he's great at attacking the ball. Uh, he's been moving real quick this camp, and um, I can't wait to see what he'll do out there on the field. Anybody else? Thanks, everybody. All right. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be safe.